0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and jar and Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Uh, Strength on strength, we're pretty good against the run, and they're, I don't know where they're ranked in the league, but they're, I would imagine they're tops in the league in run game with that big dog back there, so, uh, yeah, this is, and that, the, the area we have to get better at is the boots off of the run. You know, we had a couple mental errors in the game against Cincinnati. You can't have that this week. Either. The quarterback does a nice job of finding First of all, he can run it. and Second of all, he finds the open players. The combination of the run game with the play action, they're really good. That is Urban Meyer, Jaguars head coach.
2: It's been a tough week for the uh, head coach of the Jags. And now the focus has seemingly shifted to... Uh, the Tennessee Titans, although I'm sure they've been doing work in the building. Nonetheless, we won't know exactly how much this impacts uh, the football game until Sunday afternoon, and then we'll assume everything is associated with it, <laughs> especially if there's uh, stuff that goes wrong for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Huge game, I think, from an optics standpoint. Uh, whether they win or not, not necessarily. Whether they show continued improvement, I think that's the thing. I think Tennessee's better. I know the Jets beat them. Uh, but that doesn't mean everybody's now going to beat Tennessee. We know how the NFL works. We're not that naive to it. But I do think the Jags getting blasted on Sunday uh, sends this season into a spiral I don't even want to talk about, but I think we will be talking about Sunday night into Monday. Brett Martineau uh, here at Furyk and Friends Golf Tournament uh, live at Timaquana Country Club. The golf doesn't really get underway until uh, Friday. Uh, good to have Lee Jansen on. Earlier we had Tabitha Furick on. And. Um, uh, there are pro-ams and practice rounds at this beautiful golf course here at Timoquana. So, uh, nice job, Jim and Tabitha Furick, putting on this event. Austin Lane and Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. Uh, we've kind of put a bow on all the stuff that happened this week, Austin. Uh, now it's about the Jaguars going out and, and getting a win. Uh, we haven't talked much about two topics that I'd like to address. One, uh, Stefan Gilmore was, re- well, we thought released – but yeah. he actually ends up being traded to Carolina. Uh, it's interesting when you watch it. This is the state of the Jags sometimes. When you watch other teams go out and get things, like say, hey, we feel like we're pretty good. We're going to go make ourselves even better. You know, if you go back to 17, the Jags did that. The Jags' defense was really good. They went out and got Marcel Darius. Those, they were one of those kind of teams. That reminds me of this move a little bit by Carolina to say, hey, we think we're pretty good. We are, are off to a nice start we can get better we went and got cj henderson we're depleted in the secondary uh my guess is they don't know exactly what's going to go on with cj and now they go get stefan gilmore and all of a sudden a weakness a week and a half ago for carolina now looks like it could be pretty good in that secondary uh are you what do you think the jags tried to go after gilmore <laughs> uh what do, do you would you even i mean it was a six round pick in 23 but, it wasn't much
1: yeah but okay so First of all, did they did they try? I mean, I would hope they try to go after Stefan Gilmore, but there was no way that Stefan Gilmore was coming to Jacksonville. Like the no way. I mean, you could even give it like a fourth round pick. There is no way Stephon Gilmore was coming to Jacksonville. Unless Stefan Gilmore like got in a fight with Bill Belichick and punched him in the face, which by all indications he didn't. There is no way that you're going to reward a guy who helped win a Super Bowl, who took you to another Super Bowl, who was a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, who did so much for the organization, and they're going to say, hey, we get it. It's business. Um, You know, it's not going to work out here, but go have fun playing in Jacksonville. Thank you for your service. No way. They're, they're going to do him a favor because they respect him. And they said, okay, well, we don't really want to trade you to a team in the AFC because we don't want to have to see you possibly this season. We can go to an NFC team. We can go to the Carolina Panthers, who, you know, I mean, they're on they're an up and coming, but they're a pretty good team right now. We're going to put you there. Like, to me, the, the, this screams the New England Patriots doing Stephon Gilmore a favor, which they should have.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and so what you're basically saying is, like, in a trade situation – you I mean let's be honest you you don't have all control as a player but you think the Patriots would kind of say hey we're either going to release you or or we'll we'll put you in a decent situation if we can get something in return we're not going to send you to Siberia
1: yeah (laughs) there's no way they're going to send them to Jacksonville just like I mean did the Jaguars have say of where Cleus Campbell ends up
2: yeah so there you go yeah so similar to uh to, to that situation um yeah, and Gilmore by the way, it's an interesting thing, just that whole 2017 season. Obviously, he made a really good play against D.D. Westbrook at the end of that game, I mean, which Bortles gave him a chance. I kind of maybe kind of still think that's a little underthrown, but if you go back and you look at that play, that was an, that was one of the underrated plays in playoffs. I mean, that was a tremendous play by Stefan Gilmore against D.D. Westbrook as I remember it. I mean, I could still kind of envision that that hand way up in the air. That was that was close. If you remember you remember that?
1: I'm trying to think back. Yeah, I mean, I...
2: It was the last play. It was basically, like, okay. a, I think it was a fourth down play if I have my... I'm not great at this all the time that going back, but it was uh, obviously on the right. It was down there. Shoot, it was in Patriots territory. Uh, it was, like, their last-ditch effort, and I feel like if Bortles maybe could have put, like, an, just a little bit more air under it, it, it could have landed in Dede Westbrook's hands. But all I, I remember, the just the outstretched arms of Gilmore... Um, He was fantastic that year. He's been fantastic the last few years uh, for the Patriots. But uh, as I remember, that was a big-time play in that spot to preserve the game uh, in the AFC Championship game for the Patriots.
1: Gotcha. I mean, he's he's a hell of a player, you know, and he's going to fit in well with – with Carolina, um, you know, Carolina obviously in the need right now for some secondary guys. And with Stefan Gilmore coming off of, you know, the IR, whatever you call it now, um, once he comes back at full strength, he can definitely help that team out. So um, I think it's good for him. You know, I mean, in terms of winning a Super Bowl, which is what it's all about, I'm not sure if Carolina is quite there yet, but it's a better shot than a lot of teams have, I feel like.
2: Yeah, and uh, Bold City Cap just said on social media, too. He said it's, it's his hometown, Charlotte, uh, you, which I'd seen earlier today, too. So, again, th- it does seem like they took care of him. Well, the Jags, I mean, the, I, the first question, the reason why I bring these questions up, I mean, I got people asking me left and right. Jalen Smith, right? People fall in love with the, the name and the game. Now, Gilmore's different. Gilmore's coming off injury. This guy might still have it. What's he, 31? I think he's 31. Uh, Jalen Smith, I'm not sure he has much left, man. I mean, do you see some of the highlights? Uh, He looks slow. He looks out of place. Uh, I don't know if people are nitpicking, but I've seen some of those things over the last few weeks on on social media. This guy was getting paid a lot for the Dallas Cowboys to let him go. This is one where you kind of have to ask, okay, why did they let him go?
1: Well, it's because of what you see on film in terms of his hustle. Coaches absolutely hate that. Um, With Jalen Smith, I mean, the guy's 26 years old, so you would think that he's got a little more to give. I know there's a lot of teams that are interested in him, so he's definitely getting signed with another team, but... To me, yeah, the Packers,
2: uh, look like
1: one might. Be. Yeah. To to me, it all comes down to is, do you have the culture and do you have the coaches that can get the best out of him? Because for whatever reason, whether he got too complacent, too stagnant, he just he wasn't playing his best football in Dallas, and that showed on film. You know, anytime you expect to be a leader of that team and you're slacking, that that's contagious for the whole team. So they can afford to keep him for whatever reason, whether it was a, a disagreement with the the coordinator, the position coach. We may never know. But if he goes to the right team, I think he could still kind of have a resurgence of what he once was. And, yeah, that's not going to be in Jacksonville, by the way.
2: Yeah, I know. So let's just, it's just establish that right now. And, and, by the way, like, that's okay is my point. Like, I don't think the Jags the, – like, the Jags could use a corner, right? They, they only have, like, four of them. Uh, the, the Jags, I don't really feel like they need, I put in quotes, Jalen Smith. Yeah, you know, that, that's kind of my point to this: is like be careful with the names. I mean, Jags feel like they have pretty good linebacker play. I mean, do you think they have a problem at linebacker right now?
1: No, but would you take Jalen Smith or Wilson?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess what I've seen and kind of what you just suggested, I don't. I mean, I feel like Wilson the last couple of weeks has played really well. I didn't think he played great the first couple of weeks, but I thought he played really well the last couple of weeks for them. And and I might be overdoing it by saying really. But I noticed him a lot more coming downhill, especially I think in the Arizona game. I thought I really noticed number fifty-four, and so um, I guess that's a that's a good question. You answer it. You sound like you would rather have Jalen Smith. I mean, if, if I can get the Jalen Smith of old, absolutely. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it, it's, well, it's it's a matter of getting that, and it, I don't think you're going to get that here in Jacksonville because you got two other. Too many issues going on right now, so I wouldn't even be focusing on trying to get the best out of Jalen Smith, just because you have to facilitate a lot of other fires right now.
2: Yeah, uh, in my opinion, Jalen Smith is interesting to me because he and Miles Jack are always connected.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they, if you go back to that 2016 draft, uh, we're in we're in Chicago. And that's a draft where Jalen Smith, by the way, you know, had hurt himself. uh, Seriously, had hurt himself. This guy was a no-doubt first-round guy uh, and then had the the big injury, which people wondered if he'd even play. The Cowboys in the second round, a few picks before the Jacksonville Jaguars, end up taking Jalen Smith. Meanwhile, Miles Jack, people thought could be as much as a top-five player in that draft, and then starts to slip because of the knee condition that people are – off and on about and kind of conflicted about. And then the Jags get Miles in the second round a few picks later. So essentially the Cowboys chose to go after Jalen Smith, who might, nobody even knew at that time if he'd play football again uh, instead of Miles Jack. And I think the early return on that was in the favor of Miles Jack. Then there was a couple of years there where I thought both were like winning. You know, it was like good move by Dallas, good move by the Jags. And now I think the way this is playing out because both got pretty good contracts about similar um, in, in length and size uh, that now I feel like Miles is the better player. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm looking at some stats right now and everything, and obviously in terms of stats, they don't tell the whole story. I mean, you're telling a, talking about a guy last year who had 155 combined tackles, which is pretty good. One and a half sacks, an interception, uh, two fumble recoveries, five passes. I mean, like that's a good year on paper. But once again, it's it's what is he doing for the team in terms of leadership and in terms of, you know, if he's slacking or not. And, and I think you saw some of that last year, and it's carried over to this year. So, like, on paper, yeah, I think that the numbers are there, and you like those numbers here in Jacksonville. But also, if you want to compare him to Miles Jack or, or Jalen Smith, I think it is comparable because, like, Miles Jack is, isn't necessarily the, you know, I mean, I saw a guy that got dragged out in the Kansas City game a couple of years ago um, in terms of having to be held back. So, you know i think both come with maybe just a little bit here or there but obviously miles jack now i think has turned over a new leaf and jalen smith is kind of more on the downhill
2: yeah you know all those things you just mentioned about jalen smith very surprising with a guy that was kind of given a second lease on his football life you know does that kind of surprise you a guy that 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 works so hard to get back and that's kind of the mo right now on him that that he can be a little bit lazy and he might not be into it and hustling on play i mean that's a that's a bad label to
1: get. No, it's a horrible label. It's, it's the worst label. It's just it's hard for me to speculate what's going on with him because like, I don't know what the interactions are like with the coaching staff. Um, I don't know if there's an issue with teammates. Like, I, I have no idea what that Cowboys locker room is like. All I know is that from Hard Knocks, Jerry Jones likes to put salt on his egg McMuffin. Gross. <laughs> I really don't know a lot else about the Cowboys. The, the players only really talk to Mike McCarthy that much, it seemed like. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But <laughs> Javon as far Diggs
2: is good and his son's cute. And his son's cute, for sure. But I don't know
1: a lot about Jalen Smith in terms of how he felt about the organization and what the issues were.
2: Uh, let's move on to Trevor Lawrence. By the way, how good is this guy? Him and his wife, Marissa, did you see that? They uh, sent balloons to uh, DJ Chark. Um, classy. Yeah, that's pretty classy, isn't it? That's kind of a... Nice gesture. Obviously, DJ in a tough spot right now, though he feels seems like he's in good spirits. But he, uh, I think, put on Instagram today some balloons outside his door, like this big balloon package um, from Trevor and Marissa uh, Lawrence. I know that's – I don't want to be crazy about this, but doesn't that show you something about Trevor? I Again, he just turned 22 today. I mean, that, that tells me a little something more. I don't know if we need to know more about Trevor, but – uh, again, it's, it's why I tweeted what I tweeted late last night about this guy. This guy this is somebody they have to nurture this relationship. They have to take care of this guy. They have to know. He has to know that this is all about him. And, um, again, he doesn't think that way because I think he's got a level of humility about him. But the organization has to go out of their way. Shad Khan, Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke, but really Shad Khan in my opinion to make him front and center and put everything around him. Uh, it is of the utmost importance. I think this is just another sign of man, this guy. This guy's in the middle of the season being asked to do all these things, answer questions about his coach, and uh, maybe he's got a great wife, maybe Marissa, who thought of it, right? But the bottom line is that they thought of it, uh, and to do that to another teammate. Now, I don't know if they had to send A.J. can as well. <laughs> yeah. But well, uh, I think it's a pretty cool thing. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a common thing. I, I mean, thought it was pretty neat.
1: Did, do you want to hear some inside information, too? Yeah, I bet they went to go visit him in person as well. <laughs> like <laughs> just drop. I mean, call me and, and listen, TMZ. Go and get my number right now. But and I, I can't confirm this. I don't have enough sources, but I bet the starting quarterback of a football team who lost one of his, you know, go-to receivers, one of the top three, who got hurt for the season, more than likely, I bet he went to go visit him in person as well.
2: Yeah, Boom. and and I figured a defensive guy would poo-poo something like this, uh, but the. Um, The idea that you would hear of some of the things guys have done over the years. I'm connected with the uh, whole, like, Peyton Manning writing letters to people, you know? Like, there's that story that's been out there. I don't know if it's, like, always people within the organization or teammates or other things. But I just think when you are the face of the franchise, maybe you do some things like this. I don't know if you do it all the time. I don't know if we're going to always keep track of it. But I just thought, I think it was a... I don't know if it's a cool moment or it just shows you that he understands who he is here in this town and in this organization. And I think uh, we've already raved about what he's been able to do and say behind a podium. Um, And he certainly has that understanding uh, of where the spotlight is and his importance, uh, even if that doesn't get wrapped up in his ego. And maybe most importantly, he's coming off his best football game uh, of his young NFL career. And now the question, Austin, is what does it look like this Sunday? What does getting better from last Sunday look like? He wasn't like 400 yards and four touchdowns, but he was pretty mistake-free, and he was pretty efficient, and he looked the best that he's looked so far. What is looking better than that on Sunday?
1: Uh, What's looking better than that is, you know, obviously finding yourself in the end zone more, whether it's with passes or running the football. You know, now it's about, you know, the, the mistakes have been cut you know you're you're making smarter decisions. Now obviously that 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 fourth and one could have been his, you know, mistake, but I mean that's going to happen. You're a rookie quarterback. But now it's about putting it all together against a team who's your rival at home, against through a lot of uncertainty and a lot of adversity right now and saying, "Hey guys, this is where I take control. This is where I take the leadership and let's go." So to me, I'm just looking for more points. Um You know, and obviously James Robinson will be a huge part of that as well. I'm not saying pass the ball with Trevor 40 times a game. You're not going to win like that. But I'm also saying, all right, let's get these guys in the end zone now. Let's put up some points and let's put the pressure on Tennessee. By the way, I've seen the picture now um, that Trevor and Marissa sent DJ Chark. So, yeah, there's a lot of balloons here, a lot of effort. (laughs) Um, they're also, because I mean, hey, it's a big story. There's also like a, like a box of wine that they may have sent them. It's from wine.com. Not sure if that was from Trevor and Marissa or if that was already there at the door before. I um, will we'll have to obviously get on DJ Chark about that one and ask him who sent the wine. But I'll be honest, Brent, a l- little a little concerning to me right now is the lack of edible arrangements. Usually, <laughs> if somebody gets hurt or if it's somebody's birthday, a real great gift is a nice edible arrangement as well. And let's be honest, Trevor Lawrence has all these in Endorsements. He's got this first-round money. Where's the edible arrangement? Where's the edible arrangement? I, I, I don't want to say Zach Wilson and his mom would have gotten a teammate in an edi- edible, edible arrangement, but I'm not saying they wouldn't have either. So, what's, Brent, what, I, I, I get what you're saying, putting Trevor Lawrence on this pedestal right now because he figured out how to buy some balloons, and that's great for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but the lack of edible arrangement right now just reminds us how much controversy and how much distraction is going on in that stadium right
2: now. Yeah. eddie has got a long way to go, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, d- Hey, <laughs> it'd be the leader.
1: Sweet. I mean, this is some good looking balloons. They got all the colors there. You got the teal, you got your black, you got your leopard print. Uh, you got your gold, a couple silvers in the back. I see there nice looking bouquet of balloons, but Hey, balloons are just balloons. You, you can't eat helium. You can't enjoy helium. Where's the <laughs> edible arrangement? Well, well, you kind of can, actually. I mean, hey, Brent, if you're 10, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, you're you t- wouldn't do that.
1: Oh, so you think DJ Shark, who's pretty much probably out for the season, having just a horrible year, a contract year, goes, oh, thanks, Trevor, I can suck some helium now.
2: It's all good. <laughs> By the way, what's the best edible arrangement? Is it the strawberries, oh, uh, man, that, pineapple? That, I mean, what, what that, do we
1: got? I, I mean, I know the strawberries <laughs> are the go-to, right? They're they're kind of the first-round pick, but an underrated one, man. And, and I put in the third-round pick, but it's a sleeper. Pineapple all day.
2: Pineapple, pretty good. Chocolate-covered uh, pineapple. Let's go. On a serious note, you said something that if he plays a really good game or continues to grow during this week, and they win the football game, and maybe it win late, and he's Boy, that will go a long way in saying, hey, don't worry about the coach stuff. Don't worry about all this stuff. This is my team. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, that would be something. Now, who knows how the story plays out on Sunday? But uh, I guess that is on the table um, for Trevor Lawrence because this is, again, all about him. For the most part, he could really hide what's going on with Urban Meyer this week with a big-time performance on Sunday that results in a W, uh, we got our golf picks coming up in yeah. just a little bit. Okay, so let's uh, go ahead and
1: copy the, edit, uh, the audio. Get ready to send it to uh, Edible Arrangements for the commercial, please. <laughs>
2: the Sounds way, good. Yes. That's, that's a nice plug uh, right there. Hopefully they're listening at the multiple locations all over than. town. Oh, is that uh, right, Brent?
1: They're all over town?
2: I would think so. Oh, so, yes. I mean,
1: convenient wherever you are. Edible <laughs> Arrangements, check them out. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure they have a website, too, as well, right? Uh, yeah, probably one in your desk, uh, your seat tomorrow. Maybe, maybe oh, EdibleArrangements.com. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty user friendly. Maybe they have an app. Let's check it out.
2: <laughs> uh, free advertising all over the place. We'll you be back. Action Sports on ESPN six ninety live from Tim Country Club. Because of their defense, uh, look,
3: Alabama's defense answered a lot of questions, and, and we said that they were going to be as vulnerable as that group was, and I thought they certainly answered the bell. But for. Georgia to put it together on both sides of the ball with the backup quarterback in there. I mean, guys, those guys are an NFL defense. Not that Alabama isn't good on that side of the ball, but back-to-back shutouts in the SEC for the first time since the last time Georgia won a national title. Okay, I'm blown away. You get the nod.
2: Heather Dinich. Thank goodness you told me I wouldn't have got that.
1: That's a pull.
2: Uh, Alabama and Georgia and nobody else? Is that what we have in this year's college football season? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you not ready to give Cincinnati credit yet? I mean, what about Iowa? What about Penn State? They play this weekend. Um, but, I mean, gosh, I mean, Alabama's Alabama. I don't even know if Alabama's played as impressively as, say, Georgia has at times yeah. because Georgia's defense has been so good. Um, now I, I take that back because Miami game coming out of the gates with Bryce Young and company that was pretty impressive by Alabama, got everybody's attention. But then the Florida game you're like, okay, wait a minute now, they might not be as far ahead of anybody as anybody everybody else thinks. But now you look everywhere, it's more like what everybody else is doing. Texas A&M we thought they might be able to compete with Alabama, they lost a couple in a row, and home to Mississippi State. I mean, what's up with that? Ring the bell. Uh, and now they'll play Alabama this weekend or drop the bill instead of ring it. No, I mean, uh, I
1: I'll gave it a little eh because, you know, I'm still on Team Ole Miss right now. Yeah, so.
2: I know. That you know, was a heck of a win yeah. uh, by, by Mike Leach. But, um, and then Georgia just, I mean, as a defensive guy, I don't know how much of that you watch, but it was like 100 yards of offense, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was dominating, mm-hmm. and it was like they had no chance. Now, that place was insane at noon on a Saturday. Athens was out, out of their minds, and that, that helped it a little bit. It got the special teams turnover. But you just get the feeling not too many people are going to move the ball effectively against Georgia this year. Florida will have a chance because Dan Mullen's very good offensively. And then if, let's just say if, which it looks like we're heading that way, SEC championship game, Alabama will probably put together a game plan. They have the horses to challenge that defense. Outside of that, like, I don't see Auburn. Bo Nix was really good last week, but I don't see Auburn being able to move the football very well against Georgia. I mean, that defense is about as legit as I've seen in a while.
1: Yeah, they're really good. Now, one can make an argument that they haven't really uh, played a high-powered offense quite yet. But at the same time, I don't think it really matters. Um, yeah. Just, just the way that they're playing football and running the ball right now, it's um, – the, they're going to be a tough out. They're definitely going to be a tough out.
3: Couldn't be I me s- that bet Arkansas plus 18 and a half, by the way.
1: Oh, by the way, that was me too. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. got us. They that, that, that got us big time. But, hey, it couldn't have been me that had them going to the playoff and uh, maybe going to the semifinal. Couldn't have been me. Couldn't have been you. Might have been me. But uh, I still <laughs> like Alabama. Um, you know, it, it comes down to the, the emergence of Bryce Young and can he, he keep on improving because it all starts with the quarterback position. And I think that in Georgia, too, could be up for question when once they start playing top-tier teams. But I just like what Alabama's doing. you know, And you, you saw that against Ole Miss in terms of how Alabama's defense played, right? Because this was an Ole Miss offense that was an offensive juggernaut. Um, and to hold them to essentially nothing in the first half was definitely a compliment to Alabama.
2: Well, and this whole thing that's working for Georgia in all years of, of this day and age where we have offensive firepower and everybody's scoring is, okay, that defense can only hold the dam so much and so long. Well, this year they might be able to because we're looking at a college football season where the quarterback play, in my opinion, is just okay. Like, we are not watching, like, this phenomenal quarterback play like we've seen. Really, it feels like over the last five to ten years it's been very, very good. There just isn't that. Spencer Rattler played better. Uh, Corral, who was probably the Heisman favorite going into that Alabama game, knocked off a peg. Uh, You know, even George is able to do it with two different quarterbacks because they don't have to do it. A lot on offense, it looks like, right now. Bryce Young could be a big threat, but he's still a young guy and experienced. Uh, Against this defense, we'll see what he's able to do if it comes to that down the road. So I think there's a lot of warts in college football in the quarterback play, Austin. There's not a lot of dynamic nature to that position that makes a defense like Georgia say, oh boy, look out for that guy. And I think of all years to have a really, really good defense, um, it might be the year to have it.
1: No, that's true, because you don't have a lot of quarterbacks out there, especially on, you know, top 10 teams that are, that are really frightening you at the moment. You know, I mean, I'm not even sure, like, who the leading candidate is right now in terms of the Heisman Trophy, in terms of the quarterback.
2: I mean it was Corral going into last week. I don't no, know where it's, the it's odds definitely not him anymore, aren't so, tell that much yeah I, I mean have no pro- idea. it might be Bryce Young I mean Bryce Young might find himself in that conversation, yeah because we always go to the quarterbacks. But again, I mean, the quarterback play it's not it's not terrible across the board. I would just say it's less than dynamic, and like you just said, I don't know if anybody scares you. like mm-hmm. I mean even listen, Dan Mullen's a very good play caller when 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 the Gators and dogs meet here at Jacksonville, it will be a big game because it's a big game, it's a big robbery game, but every Jones doesn't scare you.
1: No. You know? I
2: mean, I I would be, if I'm Georgia, I'd be more afraid of Anthony Richardson if they want to, if they choose to go that way. And so that's kind of your point. I mean, they might not get to a quarterback that really threatens them and scares them until Bryce Young in Alabama. And I still don't know if that's Bryce Young. I think that's just Alabama and what they might be able to put together. My big question about Georgia is, can they score enough when that comes? Like, so when they give away, when they give up 24 points in a game, if that happens, but when that happens against the, say, Alabama, can they score enough? And they've been very good. But like you said, they haven't played. I mean, a lot of people say Arkansas's defense is really good. I think that was just a flood of emotions and the flood of that game that they continue to play well. I'm not, I guess what I'm trying to say, I'm not completely sold on Georgia's offense if they have to get into a shootout kind of game to get the job done. No,
1: for sure. But that's not their MO anyways. Because, um, you know, they're trying to run the football and then slow the clock down or slow the game down a little bit and run that clock out, control the time of possession. And that's what you do when you have a, a, a lights-out defense. Yeah, that Alabama-Georgia matchup, um, if we get there, is, is going to be an interesting one just because, you know, this is a testament to really Alabama and who they are as a program because, yeah, you reload year in, year and in, year, in, and you're one of the top, you know, teams in the entire country. I get all of that. But you also lost Mac Jones, who was an intricate part of your offense. And before that, you lost Tua Tonga-Viola, who was an intricate part of that offense. And they keep reloading, reloading because they have the players around that quarterback to succeed. You see right now in Clemson, they lose Trevor Lawrence and it doesn't even – Clemson? Playoffs? Absolutely yeah. not. Like, no. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? It's a completely different team. And let's be honest, Clemson has some, some great recruits as well. It's just the fact that it is Alabama, it is the evil empire, if you will, and man – when you talk about five star after five star after five star, like you just can't compete with that. And it sets their quarterback up for success.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Kirby Smart has the horses as well. And so it's, um, it's, It's going to be fun to see if anybody can spoil this party. This is a big one coming up for uh, Georgia against Auburn as well. I think that's a possible get. And then the one here, uh, of course, in Jacksonville. But it really could come down to that SEC championship the way it's shaping up. I just don't think, and again, this is probably a lack of respect for Penn State and Iowa. But I do think um, Alabama and Georgia seem to be on a different level. And if you wanted to throw one of those teams in, I don't think I'd put Cincinnati on that level. And I don't really think I'd put a lot of teams on the level. So there's a big separation point, in my opinion, uh, between uh, the top couple of teams in college football and everybody else. By the way, I just asked the question on the Relevant app, can anyone beat Alabama and Georgia? Earlier asked the question, uh, should the Jaguars have acquired or tried to? Uh, Did you think they have tried to acquire Stefan Gilmore? Uh, it's on the Relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Download the app, join the discussion. Uh, they call it a pocket podcast, too, because if you want to do your own podcast, you can do it right there on the Relevant app. It's got a lot of different features. And the quickest and, and now easiest way to listen to us once you download it, just click on uh, our ESPN 690 vibe and boom, live radio right there uh, on the relevant app. Pretty cool. It's uh, what I use a lot. Check it out, the relevant app. Hey, Florida State got win number one. That's big to get the win. As we know, around here in Jacksonville, getting a win would be huge. Uh, how big was that FSU win? Impressive fashion. Jordan Travis able to get it done in the late moments. And I'll say this, Austin. This is where FSU has folded, right? Jacksonville State comes to mind. Um, but this is where they have folded over the last few years when they haven't been good. Instead, this time they pulled it out.
1: Yeah, you know, I watched a lot of that game. Um, You know, the the fact that they couldn't really, they didn't have a a big answer for for Syracuse's rushing game, which was kind of the M.O. of Syracuse. Like, if you stop their run game, you're going to win the ball game. Well, they had problems with that a little bit. I think, I mean, Syracuse had over 200 yards rushing, which is never a good look. Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, they, they won a close game. And they relied on what they were good at, and that's what Jordan Travis were running the football, right? We we get caught in the storyline, you know, the, the, this guy comes from UCF, he, he's going to be the real deal. He's coming back from that injury, and we think, all right, everything's going to be good, and Florida State's going to be what they used to be with Mackenzie Milton. And, and truth be told, that hasn't been the story. People have forgotten about the comeback, and now it's about what can you do for this team? Performance-based business. Um, they go with Jordan Travis. You know, he, he's he got over 100 yards rushing, which he should. Actually, had an okay day passing, had that one pick that didn't look the best. But at the end of the day, they had an okay day passing. But I'm glad to see that Mike Norvell went with the best option for them to win. Because right now, when you have a team that's folding, that's what you have to do. You have to set them up for success. And I truly think, in Casey, can I call this on, uh, as well? I think Jordan Travis gave them the best opportunity for success. He did that. Um, it was a close game, but you got the win, and that's all that matters.
3: Yeah, they won the game without a doubt because of Jordan Travis. It's not – they didn't win any other reason because of him. He was great on the ground. He was great throwing the ball. He only threw for 131 yards, but he did exactly what they asked him to do. It was the first game for FSU on the defensive side that Jermaine Johnson did not have a sack, which was kind of surprising. They only had one overall, and that was Fabian Lovett, but he is another transfer that has paid off for Mike Norvell. So, yeah, they did what they had to do. They win the game on a a last-second kick. Um, It's I don't know how I've gotten to the point where – I'm watching FSU games as a non-FSU fan, but here I am. I just feel the need to watch, but they, they finally get it done, and like we talked about last week, the rest of the schedule is brutal. North Carolina this week, and it does not get easier from there, so it's, for them, it's good that they were able to get that win.
2: Yeah, you're probably watching Florida State, uh, the same reason why some people watch like Talladega and Daytona.
3: <laughs> Just waiting to see the crash, the disaster. Yes. There we go.
2: Yes, waiting to see the, uh, what's going to happen. And it kind of felt like that a couple of different times. So I'll tell you this: though, so I think it was a good character win by Florida State, and I also think on the heels of it was last like Monday or Tuesday, Norvell kind of got very animated at his news conference, and they followed that up with a win. I think he's really done a good job keeping this thing together so far. I don't think it's going to mean a lot of wins, but could it pave the way and and help build the foundation for what's to come down the road? And maybe the most important thing, guys, with FSU this year is when you look up at that signing day in December or even the other one in February, how many people have they kept? Because they had a really good class going into this season. How many do they keep out of that class, or did people start jumping ship? And so that will be a very interesting thing to keep an eye on because that's the class that could really turn things around. Hey, I asked this uh, question last night after the Red Sox won. Uh, I got a dilemma Friday night, Austin Lane. I got to work. We got high school football. It's a busy night. It's tough to leave the guys hanging. I'm supposed to go to the Zac Brown band concert with Steph. Um, I was going to go there for a little bit, then get to the high school football. Stewart was going to cover me potentially. Uh, Casey doesn't even know this, potentially on the Blitz scoreboard show for a bit. <laughs> you told me this on uh, Friday. Oh, I did tell you. Okay. Yeah. I, I it's okay. You to talk to a, a lot, lot of people. I do. Um, and uh, then third, it's really the only – I got Jaguars All-Access tomorrow, so I can't take tie to game one of the Rays game. Game five next week in Tampa would be – like he's got a baseball game. So the only time to go to this series would be Friday night. Okay. So work, Zach Brown band with the wife. Tied to the Rays Sox game. And you, by the way, I ask- don't care about watching the Red Sox. Like, I, I don't care about going to the game. Like, I watch it, but I don't care about going to the game. Mm-hmm. So, what should we do? You're asking so- me
1: what what I would do, like, what you should do? You're asking yeah. me for my advice? Yeah. So, if you go Friday, does that mean you're missing the show? Uh, potentially. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know on a, on a Wednesday. Um, uh, I was. I haven't touched to that part yet. No, 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 no. We haven't got to that part. Um, I would go to the game and I would send at uh, the action sports jack's department, Casey and myself an edible arrangement. Oh, and your wife as well. <laughs> yeah. Because
2: she's gonna hope. she's gonna be dicked. Nah, she won't care. She's gonna be ticked uh, off for not going
1: to Zach Brown nah, band? You nah. kidding nah. me? Nah. A little not bit stuff. Chicken fried? Okay. You guys
2: don't know stuff, but uh uh, I do like a little bit of chicken fry. We'll be back. I can push that on ESPN 690. <laughs> We've seen them a couple of times. Okay. i will be back uh, with some golf picks on ESPN 690. Can't wait until where we go. Best edible arrangement to pick. <laughs> Next.
0: Last, I'd just like to say also to uh, the 904 and Duvall and our owner, you know, I, why did I decide to come out of what I was doing and do this? Uh, our owner I just became, you know, uh, admire the guy so much. He's become a friend. He's a guy that I, uh, like I said, I just admire. Uh, Jacksonville I know very well. I know our fans have been hanging in there with us, and I apologize to them. And I uh, want to make that perfectly clear. That is Urban Meyer earlier today as the apologies
2: continue, and I think that will be the end of it, I think. Uh, Brent Martino here at Timuquana Country Club, Furyk and Friends Golf Tournament. Uh, one more segment to go. we got our golf picks coming up. Uh, One thought about that, as Austin Lane's back in the Action Sports Shack studios. I thought he was about to go to a place with that soundbite right there at the end because the the news conference had wrapped up, and then he said, well, wait, I just want to say this one more thing. And I thought he was about to – the only thing I wish he kind of said a little bit more of, and he started to go here, was like, hey, I'm going to dig us out of this thing. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to like, hey, I, I apologize to everybody. And he did that. And I think that was a good thing he did. That's fine. But I was kind of waiting for him. I wanted one more thing out of him. Like, hey, I I came here because of the owner and I committed to the owner and I'm committed to turn this thing around. And we're going to turn it around. Like, I just felt like, man, give me that. Give me that right now, you know, Uh, because of all this stuff. Was he going to resign? He's going to be fired? Like, if I was Urban, I would have really tried to push that. And in that moment, it's kind of tough to do that. I I think that was kind of spontaneous. He probably just had noted, it. okay, before I end this thing, I want to make sure I apologize. But I just – I thought he could have done that, and I think that would have resonated with people, you know, and maybe resonated with folks in the locker room. Uh, Listen, I'm not writing his speeches that he gives on a weekly basis. I just thought – I just – I'm just being truthful with what I thought in the moment, listening to it live. I was like, okay, here he goes. He's about to do this. He's going to say, I'm digging ourselves out. It's because that's kind of what i put on Urban this week as we've talked about it. You know, also I said, this is up to Urban Meyer to fix it because he signed up for it. I'm not talking about fix the family stuff. I'm talking about fix this organization and get it out of the mess it's been in for a long, long time.
1: So you're talking about maybe just leaving a closing statement, speaking to obviously the organization, but also the fans, right? Because – You have a situation where Urban Meyer has made himself available to fans, right? He's talked to them during training camp, and it almost seems like the fans are included um, in this journey, in this process. So that's kind of what you're getting at, correct?
2: yeah yeah Yeah. and and he's included them and i just thought in this moment i thought that's where he was going because of the ownership stuff when he said you know he started telling about the relationship with shot and everything else and i was like okay here you go man tell tell, hey you're committed you're committed to turning this thing around he committed to me i'm committed to turn around i I, if he could have just said that i think that would have done a lot of that could have been really good for his locker room i think it really could have been a lot for the people in town people in town want to hear that stuff they want to be like listen I'm a competitor, and I'm going to get it right, and I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to win this thing, and we're going to turn it around uh, for the 904, the Duval, all that stuff that he likes to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, I'm kind of like you. Like, I, I don't want to tell anybody how to write their speech. I'm no speechwriter. I mean, I I did get a round of applause at the Murray State Hall of Fame ceremony, and I did make my wife cry when I, we wrote our vows. So, I mean, but who am I, though, in terms of speechwriting? But, but if it's me and I'm Urban Meyer, I look directly at that camera and I talk to the fans and say, hey, I apologize. We're going to get better. And just so you know that I care about you guys, everybody gets a pre-edible arrangement. <laughs> I couldn't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> couldn't even say it with a straight face. I try to look at the camera. Couldn't even say on with a straight face. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're unbelievable.
2: What? <laughs> You're <laughs> unbelievable. Tell me,
0: tell me right now,
1: Urban Meyer looks directly right at the camera. Serious tone, serious demeanor, and goes, and by the way, Everyone gets a free editable arrangement. Tell me Barstool Sports, ESPN, Sports Uh. Illustrated aren't going crazy with it, saying, hey, Urban's (laughs) back, everybody. Hey, USC, go ahead and take a chill pill, because Urban Meyer's staying in Jacksonville for a long
2: time. Uh.
1: (laughs) But, hey, who am I, Brent? Who uh,
2: am I? You are. You don't know who you are. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do our golf picks here in a moment. But uh, I do want to give a shout out to the University of North Florida Ospreys. Um, their support of our uh, Friday Night Blitz coverage, our Blitz scoreboard coverage, I should say, here on ESPN 690. We uh, have the swoop minute each and every week as well. University of North Florida Ospreys. Go to unfospreys.com. And by the way, the basketball preseason poll came out today, and the Ospreys picked uh, seventh in the league by the coaches, sixth by the media. That will be on the bulletin board oh, in yeah. Coach Driscoll's mo- uh, room. No some doubt about that. right there. Absolutely. Now, there are some newcomers to the conference, but certainly a, a level of disrespect for a program that has been very, very good uh, over the last decade in the a sun uh so the university of north florida osprey's picked there and, and even below them were was Jacksonville university so uh, a little bulletin board material for them as well carter hendrickson uh a voted preseason all first team so um we'll keep an eye on the Ospreys as basketball season is just around the corner uh believe it or not brett martin no austin lane all right let's get after it casey golf picks time i just wonder have this question Who's in first?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Great question, Brett. Why don't we answer that as after two weeks, only one two weeks, the only thing, well, I guess he's winning don't, Thursday nights too.
2: Don't slight it.
3: <laughs> Brett, Brett Martineau is in the lead with 61.6 FedEx Cup points after I mean, yeah. Will Zalatoris uh, finished better than our guys last week with a T14. Uh, I would be in second place with 46.5. What the heck? Hey, man, I don't make the rules. I kind of do, but I don't make okay. the rules. <laughs> I don't make the points. I don't know. Anyway, Corey Connors with a T-17 last week got me there. Austin, you're, you're in third, but, you know, striking distance for sure, uh, 29. So how many?
1: Okay, whatever.
3: Uh, your guy finished T-51 <laughs> last like, I week. I
1: don't even want to know. <laughs> whatever, yeah. T 51, um, that's not good. Yeah. It, it's, it's certainly not great. Were there not points for the, the last thing, the tournament thing, the Ryder Cup? So there were not. So
3: but what do we even make picks for? What did we... Well, we added the points that they made, but it, it,
1: it looked... Oh, so, so, you say, so I got four points out yes. of uh, an MVP showing from Cantley. But you have a, cool. you have an asterisk that says Sweet. tie...
3: You have the tiebreaker. How Sick. does that make you feel? Awesome. Cool. Good. All, All right, let's,
1: let's go on to the next
3: one, then. Shriners Hospitals for Children Open, Las Vegas. Uh, a lot going on. Good event. Always a good field because of the charity aspect of the tournament. Uh, Brent, you're the leader, so you're picking first. Ah... Uh. <sighs>
2: These tournaments are tough to pick sometimes. I'm going to go with um, a little bit. I'm going to go Scotty Scheffler.
3: Interesting, interesting choice. Scotty Scheffler was a Just member beat, of the U.S. Ryder Cup team.
2: Yeah, did he beat Rama uh, at the Ryder Cup?
3: He, yeah, I believe he did little, at the a little end there.
2: momentum. <sighs> Give me Scotty Scheffler. A little a little momentum. momentum. This that's is a, a
3: tournament you usually need to putt well in. Scotty
1: Scheffler, mm, it's questionable with the putter. Well, but... especially. I mean, it sounds like he's got a lot on his plate. Just came off the Ryder yeah. Cup and everything. Could, could have a bad back maybe <laughs> pull hung something. Hungover. <laughs> <laughs> possibly. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know what happens when you're hungover? You're dehydrated. You're dehydrated, you pull something.
3: Austin Lane, they call him the butcher. Yes, sir. Who's well, making the cut this so, week?
1: Uh, a little, well, and here's the thing. I'm not sure if this is gamesmanship from Casey, but Casey tried to tell me that since it's for a charity event, I should be careful how I make my picks in honor of the Shriners Hospital. Now, the Shriners Hospital <laughs> does Casey, fantastic.
2: Yeah, go ahead, that's Brent. A g- Casey, that's wisdom out of a young, young guy like you. That was very well done to warn Austin of that.
1: Okay, and that's great. Now, am I going to do that? We'll see. Now, shout out to Shriners Hospital, first of all. I mean, obviously, they do fantastic work, seriously. I mean, they do really cool things. Um, There's one back in Wisconsin that, you know, it's good. Now, getting back to my pick. Well, I think of Las Vegas, and obviously the go-to one would be, all right, the movie The Hangover. But that's too easy. This is the butcher talking here. We go a little more intricate. We get those deep cuts going on. I'm going Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, depressing movie. Horrible movie. I wouldn't watch it ever again. I've seen it once. I don't have to watch it again. It's like watching... Requiem for a Dream. Like, you've seen it once. you Cool. Okay. Go on with your life. So I'm going with a guy that looks like Nicolas Cage from Leaving in Las Vegas at the end. Not the beginning. Not the best compliment. I'm going to go with Andrew Putnam with his long hair, his 5 o'clock shadow, and he looks very, very sleepy in his picture right here. Andrew Putman, Put, Putnam. 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 A- a- Andrew Putnam
3: for the win. It's funny that you pick <laughs> Andrew Putnam, um, Putnam. Mostly because last year... I picked him on our podcast that we do for Fancy Golf. So yeah. In this event. Well, he, in so this event. Is,
1: yeah, it's ironic. Well, and also, I mean, Casey, correct me if I'm wrong, but his his name's Putnam. Pretty good putter.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. Right. That's why they named him. Tell it. me, tell me, I'm wrong. <laughs> I can't.
3: I put two and two together, baby. Let's go. That's that's a solid pick, Andrew Putnam. Uh, didn't see that one coming, but I I never do.
1: Oh, you're shaking up, aren't you? That's, that's a good pick, isn't it? I'm shaking up. Is it? Is it a good pick?
3: <laughs> it's it's something. Okay. We'll it's okay
1: pick. We'll see. Uh. Okay.
3: I will go with the guy, Webb Simpson. Uh, everybody knows Webb around here. He's been very good at this course. Uh, last four finishes are inside the top 20. He's a member of my fantasy golf team that includes some other sleepers like Brian Harmon, Chesson Hadley, and the boys. But, yeah, so give me Webb Simpson to win this one. Um, these like these his tournaments,
2: by the way, these tournaments are like the Kentucky Derby, man. You can get some really good odds, you know, because some guy comes out of the blue like – People haven't heard of that much or is not because not all the big names play.
3: Isn't Kepka playing in this one, though? Yeah, Brooks is in the field. Um,
2: and none of us took
3: him. No, but, I mean, it's hard to pick Brooks in a non-major event. He's been boom or bust <laughs> here. I just talked about him yesterday, so I know this. But two really good finishes, two missed cuts for Brooks here in his career. So questionable. That's why I went with a guy like Webb with more established history here.
2: All right, uh, that's going to do it. We'll see how the butcher does this week. Uh, but just remember who's in first. Uh, <laughs> Edible so Arrangement good. on the yeah. table.
1: <laughs> I mean, cut the P- track. P- what, <P-R-1> what, what do you want us to do,
2: Edible arrangement? We just learned about PR 101. You better believe it. is better with Edible the the Arrangement. Today. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right, we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, Casey, we have uh, the Dodgers and Cardinals game tonight on ESPN 690, right?
3: Yeah, coverage starts at 730. The game is at 810. So uh, go get some dinner, do what you got to do, and then just get back in your car, sit in the driveway, ESPN
1: 690.
3: <laughs> <Or laughs> ESPN690.com <690. laughs> is an option. You can
2: stream it, can't you? ESPN690.com. Well,
1: Give people some options. Jeez.
2: In the driveway, eating your edible arrangement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, uh, is anybody, anybody giving the Cardinals a chance? Anybody going to pick the Cardinals? Casey, I, think I bet the Cardinals. Casey bet the Cardinals. You do? You just hate the Dodgers, probably.
3: No, you, you got to bet the underdog in the wild card game.
2: This all is right. what it is. All right, I like it. Uh, worked last night. I don't even know if the, uh, the Red Sox were an underdog, but it seemed like they were. All right, uh, that's it for uh, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. I'm Brett Martino. Oh, thanks to Lee Jansen, Tabitha Furek, Furek & Friends, Tim Aquana Country Club. Uh, all weekend long, come on out see some really cool golf and some of the big names that have been featured in the sport for decades. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 at Fox 30.